0: hey what's up everybody welcome to this special geek bites that we'll be doing every day for the next nine days that's reviewing every episode of what if season two to carry you through the holiday season the geek buddies are here i am the outlaw john Rooker, writer producer and host here on the geek buddies
1: i am michael vogel writer and producer of animated tv shows and movies and this is shannon
2: mcclung i'm a television actor and an animation writer you're gonna we're in your uh, yeah we'll just start with that
1: how's that coffee <laughs> How's that
2: <laughs> Not kicking in quick
0: enough. It's gonna be it's tough to have a heart out when you're fumbling all over. But anyway, let's let's go to on episode <laughs> one. We're gonna talk about episode one today of season two of what if something I think all three of us have really enjoyed. Season one, we're looking forward to seeing what we're gonna get in season two. What if nebula? Joined the Nova Corps, and this one featured all the voices pretty much except for uh, we had another voice actress coming in for the voice of Glenn Close, but pretty much everyone across the board came back to voice their characters. Starting with Karen Gillan, Taika Waititi, P- Peter Sarah Sarah Finowitz, um, uh, Jamie Kennedy. We had a number, oh no, not Jamie Kennedy. What was Seth Green? Uh, we had a number of people. I get those two mixed up. All the I mean, all the episodes. we don't
1: we don't all look the same, John. <laughs>
0: <Ay-oh>. <laughs> Michael Rooker, and uh, and uh, even Jude Law coming back to be yon Rog, And this one basically is kind of a Blade Runner, a ghost in the shell, noir approach to What If, which I thought was great to see in the Marvel Universe. Thought the animation was gorgeous and everything like that. But the basic storyline is that uh, Nebula is now a member of the Nova Corps, and she is trying to solve this case about what happened to Yondu here at the beginning. She discovers it's got more to do with Nova itself and that Nova Prime herself has made a deal with Ronan. After uh, having stopped Ronan from attacking her planet by putting the shield up, she works with Yon Rog to basically betray Nova, betray um, uh, uh, Nebula there, and uh, open the shield for and let uh, uh, Ronan through, so that she can uh, keep her power. So, Michael, interesting storyline to start off with. Not a joyful, happy, let's go. We're back. What if season two, it's Christmas. Much more noir, darker, rainy, uh, dour approach uh, here to start the season, Uh, but also talking about hope and redemption. So what are your thoughts on on the storyline here overall?
1: I, I like that you said it was kind of Blade Runner.
0: I mean, I'm trying to be nice it's, for the kids who haven't seen Blade Runner. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's Blade Runner.
1: Yeah, basically, it's Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh, I I thought it was great. I think the greatest Christmas present that us geeks can get this holiday season mm-hmm. is What If coming along and reminding us why we like the Marvel Cinematic Universe great in the point. first place. And I think in a half hour, uh, this episode of What If kicking things off told a better story that felt more like. Mar- the Marvel that we loved than the past 3 or so Marvel movies that we've gone to the theaters to see. Mm-hmm. Uh I think it was great. I think it was a blast. Um you know, I think it kind of shows and I do think the next 9 days are going to prove this out. I think the reason that Marvel might be able to pull through the slump that they are in right now mm. is in the 10 years leading up to where we are now that they had 10 plus or 10 or 10 or just plus years. Sure. Um they created a bank of characters that we love. Mm-hmm. And we love to see them. And what What If proves is you can take all those characters and recontextualize them and put them in a completely different place, different vibe, different tone, uh, different noir-esque kind of story. And we know who the characters are. We know how they're going to act. And when they act the way they're supposed to act, we're like, yeah, this is great. And I think this is what this was. This was... A great nebula story it was a great xandar story it was a great kree story uh you got you got all of your marvel alien characters that you loved in there i think the only i think we didn't get rocket i think that's the only one but we got we got groot we got korg we got howard we got yon-rog we got nova prime we got all of them um and yeah to your point the animation was ridiculously gorgeous Yeah. So I was a fan of this from top to bottom, and it really just made me excited for the next eight episodes that we're about to get.
0: Yeah, uh, Shannon, your thoughts on this? Uh, You know, Karen Gillan doing the kind of subtle, we'll get to to the voiceover performances in a second, but more the storyline here, playing it. I'm pretty even keel throughout the whole uh, uh, episode here as she's trying to solve this case. Did you like the way this case unfolded? Did you like the way we were getting... Uh, uh, certain uh, certain reveals as this was going along. Did you kind of see some of these reveals coming? What did you think about the story here uh, for the first episode?
2: I think uh, uh, the beauty of What If is getting to play with these genres that they haven't been able to tackle in the main in the main MCU because. It it might feel like an extreme departure for like the the big continuous story that you're telling, right. but this hard boiled detective story I thought was great. And like as as you know, you one of the things that What If does with their opening credits is you see who's who from the movies is gonna. Oh, be,
0: good point. Yeah. So,
2: so you know the whole idea that I'm like, all right, who's gonna be the bad guy here? Like you're able to suss it out pretty pretty fast. But that doesn't take away from the enjoyment of it. I mean. Yeah. Nebula with the, you know, again, with the detective voiceover, sort of withdrawn, very, very even keel, as you said, John, mm. knowing that she has this tragic past where she's she's lost Gamora. Um, I, I, I I thought it was so much fun. Um, and Peter Saravanovich, Sarah Finovich, Saravanovich yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love his character. I mean, it, mm. you know, he's he's one that got knocked off in the first first Guardians. But I yeah. think he's such a fun he's such a fun presence in this and bringing back Jude law. Like I was really surprised that Jude law is, but getting to a character that may, that isn't a film that some folks weren't a big fan of, but getting to see him in this, Mm -hmm. um, it was a lot of fun. And I I hope they are able to continue to play with different genres because this was a blast
0: yeah as as a hardcore blade runner fan i really loved this episode for the most part i have a couple of nitpicking things but other than that i really enjoyed uh this episode it's a full 30 minutes too i thought it was going to be like a 22 you know kind of kind of cut it a little bit but it was uh it was with credits i mean it was gonna i, I liked that it. it was they it took its time and went place to place and gave you some how can I say this? A new way to look at uh, at everything that's happening here on Xandar. And yeah, like you said, Gar- bringing Garth and Saul back, which is the P- Peter Serafinowicz character, interesting uh, character to bring back. And it makes sense, the things that he's doing throughout. But the way they bring the certain sections of this uh, of uh, Xandar to life, I really enjoyed from the beginning there with the rain and the whistling and that, uh, that um, uh, arrow thing that he's got. Um, which I don't know the name of just yet, but like the arrow thing that he used, Yondu uses to where we see what this is all about. And she's got the schematics. We go to Howard, the ducks place and Howard's place has its own life. We see, um, we see a Korg there. We see who's the homie with the, with the knife, with the hands for knives. It's his friend there from Ragnarok. I forget. He's the bartender. Oh no, he's, he's one of the guys there. Uh, and then you get Drax in there getting mad at the arcade machine you get the back and forth and you get the interesting uh, nature of it all and that everyone is out for themselves to a degree. And then we get everything that goes on when she breaks out Yan Rog when they go underneath really interesting stuff that you get. And then the twist, which you kind of saw coming it's yan Rog for God's sakes. Um, but the, the Nova prime twist, I liked um, overall as well, even though maybe you might've suspected that might've been a part of it and her turning on them, I thought was fantastic as well and ended up uh, taking care of, of uh, of Ronan, and I wonder if this is the theme going forward, Shannon. Do you think this is what we're going to be focusing on? This feeling of uh, redemption uh and hope, because it's almost meta in a way. Because Marvel right now is maybe seeking a way out of the dark into the light, as the Watcher gave us a little bit of narration. Do you think they're they're accidentally meta right now with the, with this episode? Do you like this? Do you have the sense that this is the feeling we're going to get
2: throughout these next nine episodes? I mean, I think with a lot of stories, hope tends to be a recurring theme. Sure. Um the, these were written a while ago. Right. Uh, right. M- more than likely the first two seasons were probably written around the same time. Um, so more than likely, I think it's probably just a little bit of serendipity. Um yeah. but my guess is this will this will probably not be the theme of the whole season because okay. I feel like the theme of the of the first season was just the whole idea of you know the guardians of the multiverse. Right. Um, everyone kind of getting a second chance. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't know. I mean, after like a, a first season that was very, very separate, but kind of came together at the Mm -hmm. end based off of the titles, I'm not really seeing a sort of big, a combo event at the end of this. Okay, um, I could certainly be wrong. I may have looked at the titles of the first season and be like, nope, <laughs> yeah. and I would have and I would have been incorrect. Um, but no, I mean, I, I don't think that's going to be the recurring theme of the season. But it was definitely the recurring theme of this of this episode. Mm-hmm. And again, sticking with that classic hard boiled detective trope, the person who hired you is ultimately the bad guy.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. What did you think, Mike, about uh, the themes of hope and redemption here? Do you sense that we're going to a larger story? Do you see maybe? seeds being planted as someone who is show run and understands that you've got to connect these episodes to lead to something at the end do you sense they've maybe laid a little groundwork for something here
1: I I do think that there's going to be some kind of bigger connection, but I don't think I saw anything in this episode that led that led to that. Like, I I just think just from the trailers and kind of stuff that we've seen, I do think that there will sort of be that some kind of multiversal coming together thing at the end of season two, just sort similar to what we had in season one. But I don't think this episode had any kind of giant like, oh, there it is. That's the key. And I don't think that the hope and redemption is nest. I mean, I think Shannon's right. Hope and redemption is a pretty yeah. consistent theme in stories in general, but I think what's great about what if is that every, every week we can get something new. We might get a, another rip roaring comedic episode. We might yeah. get an action movie. We might get, you know, a horror genre and each one is going to kind of follow those tropes. And yeah. I think, but I do think within this episode, I mean, there's two things. One, what I love about all of these, what if episodes is mm-hmm. and I think what they do, that's really smart. And I, And I don't know that we brought this up in season one, but the what ifs are always just one single choice off of the MCU timeline we know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's pretty key to giving us context. It's like even though these are all their own things and you can enjoy them, like they don't go, oh, well, Nebula was actually created 15 years earlier by a guy that was this and then she went here. It's it's pretty simple. Like Ronan turned on Thanos around Guardians of the Galaxy time, killed Thanos, killed Gamora that's the only difference from our timeline that we know Mm -hmm. and we end up here. So we sort of are like in a little bit of familiar territory, even though it's unfamiliar, but then separate from the Marvel universe and to your points about hope and redemption, this episode visually and in the writing was so strong in that the idea of light and darkness was so clear. The Nova core... The, the Nova Core kind of mantra of don't go, don't go away from the light, don't shy yeah. away from the light, be true to the light, all that stuff. The idea that the giant shield, you know, we know Xandar is this very sunny, bright place and that it was the shield closing that kind of turned it into Blade Runner, yeah. you know? And so Blade Runner is so inherently dark and rainy and moody. And then at the end, the shield generator parting and the light coming back. So within the episode of just kind of telling a really nice, tight story on its own, yeah. the visual the writing everything just kind of worked together to make that redemptive arc in that sort of detective noir-esque universe really really hit home
0: yeah let me ask you one, one thing before we get to a bit of a mini break here the rep the writing here was interesting Michael and of course Shannon definitely right afterwards both of you writing numerous animated shows so what did you think about the construction of the writing here and the back and forth and the dialogue here? Uh, between um, between Nebula and, let's say, uh, Howard and Nebula and Jan and then Nebula with Nova Prime uh, and how this all led, and even the uh, voiceover uh, both at the beginning and the end here from The Watcher, Jeffrey Wright there. Uh, what did you think about the writing here? What stood out to you in, in some of the construction of the episode and the writing?
2: Um, I mean – the writing for the show has been very very consistent Mm. um the characters sound like the characters and even though you're switching up the genre I mean there are some there are some mild alterations that they've probably made but ultimately the characters are the characters I mean as Vogel pointed out that one of the one of the positives of this incredible run that Marvel has had is there is this this massive stable of characters that the audience knows right off the bat. And Mm -hmm. it's people that you haven't necessarily seen put together before. Um, So just in terms from the plotting, the dialogue, I mean, I love the dialogue between uh, Saul and, and Nebula right at the beginning. And again, Mm -hmm. that was just, that was just teeing up beautifully what this episode is, but also all of the uh, back and forth that she had with Howard and with Korg, yeah. I mean, again, everything is just. I mean, the, the comedy is there; it's not hitting you over the head. The com- but the comedy is very much there. Um, that Marvel, that Marvel comedy. Um, and again, I think, I think it's, I, I think as animation writers, we like to pat ourselves on the back a bit, and it's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> the, the the writers of this of this um series are yeah. have been able to do something that some of the folks in the main in the theaters have not been able to do recently okay all right michael what are your
0: thoughts on the writing here and how this episode was constructed right in the the back and forth rather in some of these scenes here what stood out to you what worked for you as you're watching it
1: yeah i mean just to echo what shannon said there's this thing uh like i've talked to some writers about it we call it like the bugs bunny rule um the thing that makes bugs bunny and the looney tunes characters great is that like if you take bugs bunny and daffy duck and you say bugs bunny and daffy duck go on a cruise bugs bunny (laughs) and daffy duck go to vegas for the weekend Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck go to Disney World. It doesn't matter what you say. You sort of inherently know what you're in for. You know that Daffy is going to act a certain way. You know that Bugs is going to want to, like, you just know because you know the characters so well. And what if works because it follows that Bugs Bunny rule. Like, Nebula, putting, like, if you put, um, I'm trying to think of a character. If you put Mm Star-Lord as the lead of a noirish Blade Runner, very serious thing. It's not going to work. Yeah, It's yeah. going gonna, gonna to be the opposite. You're going right. to be like, this is a funny take on, let's watch someone who's a complete moron be Harrison Ford in Blade Runner. Like, right. it's not going to work. And you know that. But Nebula is just the right choice because everything about her personality, you're like, I get it. this is who she is uh and when she walks in you know when when she's sitting down with Howard and Howard is like I don't know so who what kind of moron would understand what this thing is and then Korg pops up and he's like hello and you're like (laughs) oh yeah got it like you just sort of get who the characters are and I think that um it speaks very highly of like the Marvel characters that we've fallen in love with over the past years but it's it's really good writers who know how to use those characters they know know which characters to pick you're like okay we're doing a space thing here's who I have on the table uh we need a bad guy okay well ronan is creed oh let's see if we can get yon-rog in here you know it just it makes sense yeah um and then i think also brevity i think the other thing that stands out to me is when you have these 30 minute episodes that are little mini features and they work i mean i think i have one minor quibble with the episode that i'm like all right that's a little bit of a leap but i'll give it to you and other than that i just thought it was really tight all the way through i mean you're right Jude Law shows up. Well, it's Yan Rog. You know he's going to be a dick. Like you right, know right, he's right. going to turn. Uh, if you've watched Blade Runner or any noir movie, as soon as Nova Prime shows up at the beginning, is like I need you to do something off the books. You're like bad guy. Yeah, bad guy. But there's but like sometimes with a good story, if the surprise is satisfying, it doesn't matter if you saw it coming. Right. And Nova Prime turning on uh, Nebula at the end and turning her back on Xandar. And doing everything she did, even though the second she showed up on the hollow screen, I was like, yeah, Nova Prime's bad in this. <laughs> you got to the end and you go, yeah, Nova Prime was bad. But that was very satisfying, and I think they did it well. And so yep. it's like, yeah, it works.
0: Yeah, I like the story. I like the writing as well. Uh, a little bit, the Howard and Nebula got quite just to the edge of where it was a little too much, especially at the end there. When they're having the back and forth uh, as the sun is coming up but overall i really did enjoy the writing in the back, as you said the back and forth with uh, the number of the characters that nebula had it was it worked perfectly and the twists even though you saw them coming worked well because of what they had constructed throughout writing wise which give credit to the writer here credited here matthew chauncey and uh stephen frank as the director let's take a quick break and we're gonna jump into the last section here in just a second Island in Frigid Lake Superior, a fabricated creature birthed from the mind of a disturbed genius stalks the very people who created it. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler is a classic tale of science gone horribly wrong. Available wherever you get your podcasts.
2: I mean, I suppose I could play the music there. <laughs> Off
0: of Shannon, um, Michael. I go back to you. You've been sitting in these. Uh, you've sat in director um, uh, uh, rooms here and listening to voiceover work done by numerous actors, Shannon. You've also done the same. I've been on the other side, of, uh, on the mic. I've never sat in the room, watched people, and 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 judged. How did you think? Well, how did what did you think of the voiceover work here? From everybody involved. And we should give Julian Grossman uh, some love here. She's the voice of Nova Prime stepping in for uh, Glenn Close, and she's the voice of the ship's computer in Star Trek Discovery for people who may be aware of her voice. So, what did you think of the voiceover work here throughout from everybody in, in the show?
1: I thought it was great. I mean, I think that, you know, I think there's some really. Im- I- I think there's really great voiceover actors out there. You know, there's the yes. Tara Strongs yes. and the and uh, and the John DiMaggio's of the world. And so sometimes when you have something like this and you get all of the A-list celebrities in to do it, you're like, oh, did you really need them? Like, you know, we've seen so many animated movies mm-hmm. where they cast some big celebrity who comes in and you're like, oh, they were not great in the voice booth. Mm-hmm. But I think with what, what if is specifically having these actors come in uh and play these roles again there's something really fun and satisfying about it it's it's nice to watch these characters and know that it is the actual character who has played this in the marvel universe and i think you know in the case of some of them um like with nebula Mm. you just like you've inhabited this character so long that you just get her so you're playing her and i like i like it just it gives you that extra layer of like this is really the nebula that i know and then with other characters like yon-rog with jude law i think that to shannon's point look i don't think that maybe I, i don't know what jude law's experience was on captain marvel but maybe he was really excited to be in a marvel movie came in and was like well okay i didn't didn't get to do as much as I thought I was going to do. Could have been a little bit better. And then he gets to come in here and really play around and have fun. You know, like this is this is a, this was a great fun bit part. You know, he came probably came in for an afternoon, did his lines, but had a blast. And so mm-hmm. I think that it's really nice that they get to do that. And I think that so far, I mean, I'm trying to think if in season one there was anything where like, oh, that didn't really work. But for the most part, I think mm-hmm. the voice acting is really strong in these episodes.
0: Yeah, yeah, all right, Shannon. Your thoughts on the voice acting throughout? You know, as uh, Nebula, Karen Gillan being asked to do something different with Nebula than maybe she's done before.
2: Well, I mean, uh, as to what Vogel already said, I mean, the, the folks that have, that have inhabited these characters for a lo- for so long, oh. Taika Watiti with Korg, um, even like Seth Green, who mm. you know has a lot of experience in, in, yes, in a VO with a lot booth, of chicken. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, every everybody was really, really good. I mean, a- again, I didn't see Jude Law's name at the beginning mm. of the credits. Like that was one that, that that I didn't see. So I'm listening to it. I'm like, man, this guy is good. <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold. You are good. Uh, um, but again, my, my favorite is, is definitely gonna be uh, Garth and Saul, Peter Serafinovich. Uh, um, yep. with, uh, just because he, as a performer, he is really funny. I mean, he yeah. he played the tick on Amazon Prime series that ran for two for two years. But the, the the way that he was able to balance that super serious noir approach that he had at the beginning, that classic back and forth that he has with Nebula, and then at the end when Korg is just like, hey, l- look at one of you and one of the babe guys. And <laughs> he and Jude Law have this laugh-off that just gets more and more manic. I mean, he's it's just really, really funny. I mean, there are definitely theatrical actors who are not as successful Mm -hmm. making that leap to to vo but that is not the case with anyone in in this particular episode
0: yeah we even got as you mentioned michael some of the uh, great voiceover actors who do this for a living fred tattashore was in here in this in this as uh, as a groot so it was great to see right? Maybe, maybe kicking tire, the tires on that possibility, considering some of the news that came out yesterday about a certain actor who plays I am Groot. Um, okay, let's Michael, you mentioned this. So I will go to you first. Normally I go to Shannon versus to, to make turns. But Michael, you mentioned nitpicks. Uh, I have a couple. What is your nitpick as we wrap up this review of this episode?
1: It's really just one minor story thing that okay. I kind of get it. I let it slide because it's a half hour episode. But yeah. if you were really tracking everything, Nova Prime, Telling Nebula, go figure out what this is, wanting her to get into the mainframe. It all it, it all makes sense. Like she's a cyborg, you can't open this thing. Well, like you need someone to get it, you need her to get it. But Nebula making the choice to, to go break Yanrog out of prison, like no one leads her to that road. And it's right. like of all the people she could have uh broken out, yeah she happened to break out the one person who was the guy that ultimately was working with Nova Prime like it's a it's a nitpick but like if you had just had Nova Prime even like mention yon mm. Rog, you know if anything that kind of like was like oh I was trying to push Nebula in that direction but Nebula making that choice and then yon Rog being the guy yeah. who ultimately would like there was that was like a that was like a coincidental thing that you're like, well, that, that really worked out well for, mm-hmm. for everybody. Um, but like I said, that's a pretty minor nitpick in an episode like this where, uh, you know, you're kind of like, all right, I get it. He was the best of the best. Nova, you could say Nova Prime knew that Nebula was going to do that. It's just like there's there's probably like one line of dialogue that would have ironed that out. Yeah. But other than that, everything tracked pretty clearly. And I okay. thought it all made sense. And it was simple and clear and direct and straightforward and uh, character focused and enjoyable. So okay. aside from that one little bit, uh, I give this episode high marks on the storytelling front. Okay. Uh, Shannon, any thoughts on any nitpicks overall for you?
2: Uh, agree agree with Vogel on that one I was like ah yeah. oh, that, that was convenient um, The only one and maybe because I only Watched the episode once maybe they did do this um, I think having one line Of dialogue from Nova Prime discussing the state of xandar like i don't know how much longer we're going to be able to do this it
0: isn't until the end she doesn't say anything i've seen it twice now she doesn't say anything until the end so yeah
1: well she does say i don't know that xandar is going to survive the night
2: right 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 but
0: she's not saying it because you know right
2: fair Yeah. exactly yeah that's Uh, the only thing a a little bit more of a commentary from her i think would have worked
0: yeah i i have two uh, two kind of three two and a half how about that two and a half i have two one is that I take your point, Michael, and go a step further. Let's say she knew she was going to do that. Nebula was going to going to be wanting to find out what happened because, of course, she used to roll with Yondu, so she takes advantage of that. Let's say she knows that she's going to go to Yonrog and do a uh, Yonrog and do all that. I can I can concede all that, but at the end there, not knowing that Nebula is going to uh, dis not want to go with her, not want to be part of this thing with with Ronan, who had killed her father and her sister. Like to me, I'm like. If you're going to if you're supposedly going to guess all these things she's going to do, this one seems like an easy one to guess. uh, And you would have been aware of it. And then we got a little bit of her prejudice there because she said, I'm not going to take your hand and and you're a machine or whatever. And then shoots her and kills herself in essence. So, yeah, I thought that was a little bit of a nitpick for me. I also would have liked a stronger motivation from Howard the Duck other than liquor license. Maybe just something a little bit liquor license and then something else. I think that would have uh, solved that problem for me. And I would have liked a little variation in Karen Gillan's voiceover work. I know Nebula most of the time is very breathy and she does it very breathy. And I usually don't mind it. But this was so even keel. I wanted just some, some emotions to pop up. You know, even Harrison Ford in Blade Runner, Deckard had emotions in certain moments. So I would have liked some emotion to pop up beyond the screaming and these moments that are logical. Uh, but other than that, no complaints on Karen's performance. She was great, but just a little bit of variation emotionally um uh i would have liked overall so that but yes overall episode effing fantastic just some nitpicks there um all right any final words on this as we wrap up gentlemen any final words you want to say uh, anybody want to go
2: first uh, i'm uh, gonna save as many words as i can because we're doing eight more of these that's true uh, sure. well, yeah sure. what
1: is uh yeah i don't i don't have any more to say on this one but what is tomorrow's episode title Do oh know? Well,
0: i don't have that in front of me but thanks for calling me out no i have it here it is it is what if peter quill attacked earth's mightiest hero. So Peter Quill versus the Avengers.
1: All right. I am excited. Yeah, and I guess we saw on the trailer, so we know that we have like a different lineup for the Avengers with that one. Um, I think including Annette Bening. Um, So uh, let's see. We'll see how that goes. (laughs) Okay, there's a final word.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, there you go. That's our uh, spoiler review here for episode one of uh, What If Season 2, What If Nebula joined the Nova Corps. We hope you enjoyed our conversation here.
2: Uh, Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at Geek underscore Buddies, on Instagram at The underscore Geek underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung, on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MKToon. And if you'd like to follow Mr. Roca, I'm going to go super serious, nebula, uh, uh, hard-boiled detective here. <sighs> follow Matt The Roka Says. <laughs> My
1: geek. Uh, Well, I hope you like us because you got eight more days of us. And here's what you could do to help us do what we do. You can smash that like button below. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Leave your comments below. What did you think of this episode? What if? How do you think it stacks up to season one? How do you think these animated episodes stack up to the regular MCU? Let us know everything below. If you're listening to us on a podcast, leave us some comments and some stars so we go up in the rankings and more people can find us. And as always, the best thing you can do is retweet this video, post it on your socials, send it to your friends, and tell them to hang out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies.
0: There you go. And of course, tomorrow we're going to be dropping our regular show, our weekly regular show that we do. And our main topic will be our discussion of episode two of What If. So it's going to be attached to all the other stuff. So be aware of that. It will not be a separate video tomorrow, but after tomorrow going forward, it will be a separate video. And then we'll see what happens near the end there next week when we all come back from our vacation or our holiday here. Uh, All right. Thank you all so much for joining us. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode here of the geek bites do we do we should we do a thing do you guys want to do a thing or just kind of
1: just it's a bite it's a bite okay. just, just a go. bite just go Make with sense. it it's a bite bye bye bye-bye.